0: I'm Sarah Rose, and this is the Mind Body Academy podcast. I'm here to teach you how to think yourself slim. It's not brain surgery, and I promise you can do it too. Listen in to find out how. Good, everyone. We made it to the Big 50. This is episode 50. Holy, you guys, we made it. Shout out to all of you who made it through all of the challenges that have led up to this point. I think it's so incredibly humbling to have gone through the tumble cycle that was 2020. And I hope you're feeling fluffed up and ready to start fresh, like a fresh load of laundry. (laughs) Some years, you're going to create everything you want, maybe more. Some years, you're going to be reminded to slow down, catch your breath, and appreciate all that you already have, all that you've already created. We have to make sure to set our intention for this year ahead of us to be a better year. 2020 was the lesson, let this year be the blessing. Can I get a mm hmm some like quiet snaps? <laughs> 2020 taught us that change can happen very quickly. And we can't always control the direction of change. But what we can control is our response. We can control what we do next. So that's why today I want to talk to you about ending self-sabotage. When you set your intention for the coming year, you're gonna have all kinds of banana peels thrown at you. You're gonna have mess ups and slip ups and a lot of it will be you getting in your own way. Some of you will get up, fall down, get up, fall down and you'll love it. (laughs) Learning to put one foot in front of the other is what will make you wanna be great. It will push you to step up and wanna be great. You'll anticipate tripping over your own feet as you're learning to walk before you run but for some of you in fact most of you and i'll include myself in the equation (laughs) will experience that discomfort or struggle and we'll have moments where we want to back down and a lot of us will spend the entire year backing down from that struggle and that challenge and many times when we encounter different forms of self-sabotage It will feel like no power and no choice, but you will be doing it to yourself, sometimes knowingly, sometimes not. But what you need to become aware of is that what is one person's struggle is actually another person's fuel. And so what I want to help you do today, I want to help you move away from self-sabotage and towards intentionality. Here's the thing with self-sabotage. What you need to understand is that it's an action. It's something you are doing. It's not something that's being done to you. Most of us experience self-sabotage as if it's something that's just happening and that we have no control over, as if it's a circumstance rather than an action. Do you get that difference? Self-sabotage is what you do in reaction to your emotions. It's the way you're managing discomfort. When this behavior comes up, it's because we want to stop what we're doing and get comfort. Because we're uncomfortable. The thing is, we're not actively thinking, oh hey, let me just go get some comfort. (laughs) No, we rationalize it. In a challenging workout, we might just tell ourselves, oh, I just need to go grab a sip of water or take a quick bathroom break. At work, we might not come forward with our ideas and tell ourselves that it's just because we're not ready or we want to hear everyone else out. And maybe when we get home, we might tell ourselves it's been a long day and just order in. We lead ourselves to believe we deserve a break or deserve some food or that we're too tired to do the thing that we had planned on doing. All of these things we do to skip over the discomfort of doing what we need to do or what we told ourselves we would do, which makes sense to us in the moment. That's why we do it. Self-sabotage is an emotional decision that we rationalize. And that's why if I were to ask many of you, why do you self-sabotage? Most of you would have no idea. You'd shrug and you'd say, I don't know. (laughs) You would probably have a hard time pinning down why you're doing it. And that's because when the temporary relief wears off from engaging in self-sabotage, so does the temporary logic behind the decision to do it. So it just seems like it makes no sense that you keep doing it. Makes sense, right? See what I just did there? (laughs) And so what I want you to recognize is that self-sabotage usually feels good in the moment. It's a choice you're making to make yourself feel better even if it's only temporary and you usually feel worse after. In the moment, it's the subconscious way you tell yourself, hmm, what's the best excuse I can come up with to stop having to be uncomfortable? It's a learned strategy for getting out of discomfort. That's what it is. You need to understand why you're doing something if you want to stop doing it. So that's why recognizing that self-sabotage is what you do to get out of uncomfortable emotions is so important. I think I've just expressed that in like five, six different ways to really get that across. But what I'm getting at is that once you know why you're doing it, once you recognize that you're doing it to get out of uncomfortable emotions, to distract away from them, you'll get that what you need to do to stop self-sabotaging is process uncomfortable emotions. Now, most of the time, we don't do this. (laughs) We don't process our emotions. We eat our feelings. We procrastinate our feelings. We do all kinds of things to not feel what we're feeling and to dull our emotions down or to numb them out completely with some form of distraction. But giving yourself comfort when you're uncomfortable is teaching yourself to give up when you're right at the edge of expanding your comfort zone to create a new reality for yourself. Not in all situations, sometimes it's compassionate to back off when you're genuinely overdoing it or you need rest. There's a smart way of going about it, of not making it harder than it needs to be. But a lot of the time, what you're doing when you're doing this is indulging the urge to quit and it's preventing you from growing. It's preventing you from increasing your emotional threshold for discomfort because you keep giving yourself a break right before you break through. And that can be exhausting. It's that energy of having to start all over all of the time, even if you don't necessarily quit the goal altogether. If you've ever watched two UFC fighters go at it, this is what it's like, you know, during a fight. If you have one of those fighters check out and you see them let up even just a little while the pressure is on and they lose their ground. They have to put in that much more effort to regain the ground that they've lost. They're back to square one but not with the same amount of energy. Gaining ground on your goal involves an element of discomfort. When you gain that ground you want to keep it Even if it's uncomfortable, because it gets you that much closer to your W, to pushing beyond the temporary discomfort to the pleasure of getting what you actually want. If you can't push beyond that boundary of what is possible in your mind, you'll remain the same. Same, same, but different, right? Because mentally, you're exhausting the possibility every time you don't work through the discomfort you end up with all this quote-unquote evidence that you haven't been able to achieve your goal, so you probably won't be able to achieve your goal. And so it just pushes the goalpost further and further away because it produces doubt, self-doubt. And I say evidence with peace fingers around it (laughs) because it's self-fabricated. We create it through us. When we believe something is impossible, we stop looking for ways to make it possible. It just feels impossible, as if it's like a fact that we can't, say, lose weight, for example. What you've done in the past is not evidence for what you will be able to do in the future. It tells you nothing about your future capacity for your goal. But many of you are using the past as your reference point, and that's A whole other thing we could get into, but not today, Junior. (laughs) My point is we don't fully see how we're interfering with our own progress towards completing our goals. And so, what are the ways that we do this? What do we do to interfere? What do we need to pay attention to to be onto ourselves? Well, the first thing is buffering. What I mean by this is any kind of overeating, over-drinking, over-Facebooking, over-spending, over-Netflixing, whatever it is that you do when you had planned on working towards your goal that you ended up doing instead, any kind of hiding or avoiding or not showing up are other ways. Whatever we do that falls under the umbrella of procrastination, all of that is what's considered buffering. And then what happens when we procrastinate is that we slow ourselves down. So it feels like we're not getting to our goal fast enough. If you're fixated on finding out how long it will take you to get to your goal or how long it took other people, you're doing the math in your head, you are almost certainly slowing yourself down and sabotaging by making that your focus. The how long tells you nothing (laughs) about the how. And the how is going to be unique to you and your life circumstances. Okay? (laughs) So what can you do to eject yourself from that spiral of self-sabotage? And I just want to preface that question by saying that we often want to achieve what other people have, but we don't want to put in the work to achieve what they've achieved because it's hard. (laughs) And our brains are not wired for hard. They are wired for easy, pleasure, and comfort. Accomplishing your goals requires overriding the brain's default setting. Ease, pleasure, and comfort-seeking are neural habits. That's our baseline conditioning. To decondition them, you need to have repeated exposure to a certain level of discomfort. There's this great quote from Muhammad Ali where somebody asked him how many sit-ups he could do, and he says, Well, I don't start counting until I feel pain. (laughs) Just like when you exercise, it's the last reps that create strength and growth and power. So the key is recognizing that growth and going after your goals will involve some level of difficulty and discomfort, but you don't want to make it so uncomfortable that you don't do it or that you try to take on too much at once and quit. You want to meet that edge of your comfort zone and play your edge. It's a pleasurable pain when you do this, or at least a purposeful pain. You have clarity around why you're putting in the work, and that feels good to you. Right, why you're putting in those last reps when it's uncomfortable and it sucks, and you'd rather just tap out. Okay, so the first thing is anticipating the resistance to going after your goal and to doing what you said you're going to do. You're going to self-sabotage. I'm giving you the heads up now. (laughs) People who tell me they don't self-sabotage typically either A, haven't set a goal for themselves, or B, haven't set a big enough goal. And that usually comes from a place of not wanting to be confronted with the growing pains of going after a goal. So they sabotage ahead of time by not clarifying what they want to create into their lives, how they want to experience their future moments. The moment you set a goal, you experience that cognitive dissonance between wanting the goal and not having it yet. It's easy to resolve that inner tension in the mind. You just revert back to your old ways. Expect that this is the solution your brain will offer. And usually it won't run that decision by you. You'll just like come back to your senses halfway through the bag of Doritos. (laughs) Like, shit, I didn't mean to do that. Don't make yourself feel bad once you catch yourself. Just become curious. This is your opportunity to identify a trigger for self-sabotage. And if you just go straight to telling yourself, and swearing up and down on everything, that you'll never do it again, you'll miss that opportunity to learn what that trigger was. It's when you learn from self-sabotage that you increase your capacity for in the moment self-awareness. So ask yourself, what led me to do that? What was going on with me right before I did that? What was I feeling? What didn't I want to feel? Why did I feel that way? Most of us lack the self-awareness to recognize when we're self-sabotaging. Remember, self-sabotage is an emotional decision that we rationalize. That means we're not questioning why we're doing what we're doing. We're not asking ourselves why we overeat or didn't follow up with a potential client or skip the gym. We sabotage, which feels good in the moment. And then we feel bad about doing that. And to make ourselves feel better, we just tell ourselves we'll stop. We're not asking ourselves what caused the behavior, what triggered the habit. We're not increasing our self awareness to be able to recognize our patterns of thinking and feeling that are leading us to self sabotage. And if we don't investigate what those patterns are, we will just keep reverting back to the things that we want to be able to change because. The behavior, what we end up doing, is the effect. You can't get rid of the effect without solving for the cause. That's why people find it so hard to do things like follow a meal plan or an exercise program. They aren't anticipating the mental resistance, so they aren't prepared for it. And they often don't have the tools to not be stopped by it. Which is the core of what we focus on when you come and work with me and think yourself slim. So... What I want you to take away from today's episode is step one is going to be creating the awareness of when and why you sabotage. Step two is accepting that it's going to happen. (laughs) You're going to self-sabotage. You're going to have the urge to do it and you need to plan for it. What can you do to ensure that you stay on track? And what will you do to get back on track? What do you need to stay accountable, how do you wanna be supported? And then finally, you're gonna to need to do the work on developing a higher level of emotional intelligence and processing. Feeling your feelings is a skill, my friend. <laughs> your ability to withstand pressure and discomfort is not innate, it's learnt. You have to be conditioned for this. And you learn to do it because when you push the boundary of that emotional threshold, You're going to become someone of your word. Meaning when you say you're going to do something, you get it done. Which in my opinion is kind of like a superpower. (laughs) Imagine anything you tell yourself, I'm going to do this and it's done in your mind. Developing that level of relationship with yourself to rely on yourself to be your word, to be impeccable with your word. Working with a coach to develop this skill of emotional processing and building that self-reliance is so powerful because once you have that skill, you're able to accomplish so much more. You're not dependent on a coach or anyone else for that accountability anymore. You have to be able to rely on yourself to put in the work when no one is looking over your shoulder, prodding you along. There comes a point when you have to keep going by yourself and there won't be anyone to pull that drive out of you that's you, my friend. <laughs> That's on you. You and only you. And I promise that that will translate out into every single area of your life. That is what you need to be focused on. And that is what I can teach you. So are you going to be the individual who experiences difficulty as discouragement? Or are you going to be the individual who is inspired by it? Difficulty? is your opportunity to show up for yourself when you need you more than anyone else. You need to depend on yourself to keep going, even and especially when you self-sabotage. So with all of that said, if you've gotten value out of this episode and this podcast, please consider sharing it with someone you think could benefit from listening to. Send someone an episode and tell them, why it made you think of them. And why not this one? You could send this episode an offer that you want to see them accomplish something truly great for themselves in the coming year. It's because of you that this podcast is able to grow week after week after week. And I don't know if you know this, but it's my mission to help over 1 million people heal their mental, emotional, and physical health. I can't do it alone. I need my global community of listeners, I need you (laughs) to help put this work out there and make it accessible to people who wouldn't otherwise find it or have it. Are you with me or are you with me? (laughs) Cheers to 50 more episodes and many, many more. Talk to you all again very soon. Kind of wish life came with a refresh button. Join the Genius Body Detox to start looking and feeling your best in as little as 30 days. Just click on the link in the show notes or visit thegeniusbody.com and let's start fresh today.